0: In our modern world, it's more difficult than ever to disappear. Disappear.
1: Smartphones, social media, and a 24 hour news cycle have left the days of missing children on milk cartons long behind us. Long behind us.
0: Today, when someone falls off the radar, there's a concrete plan of action. Track the person's cell phone, search the surrounding area, inform the press, and then wait.
1: Wait. In the time it takes to send a tweet, local news outlets can put tens of thousands of people in touch with law enforcement. They can interview friends and family. In 2019, the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System reported that up to 92 percent of all the people who went missing every year were found.
0: These promising numbers made Detective Dean Nyland's search for Harlem Globetrotter Rico Harris all the more frustrating. He'd tried everything. None of the tools in his arsenal could bring Rico back home.
1: Aside from an abandoned car and a backpack on the side of the road, Rico didn't leave behind any clues. A 6-foot, 9-inch, 300-pound former basketball star had seemingly vanished into thin air.
0: As of this recording, seven years have passed since Rico's last sighting and many fear the worst. He could be dead, his body hidden in a forest somewhere outside of Sacramento.
1: But there's also another option. Maybe Nyland and others haven't been able to track him because Rico doesn't want to be found.
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Richard.
1: And I'm your host, Molly. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: This is our final episode on Rico Harris, a former basketball star who's been missing since 2014.
0: Last time we examined Rico's roller coaster ride of a basketball career, his rocky relationship with his fiancé Jennifer Song, and his ongoing battle with drug addiction. We also explored the police investigation that followed his disappearance.
1: Today, we'll investigate a few possibilities about what really happened to Rico. He could have been murdered or attacked by animals. But some people believe Rico's story didn't end in tragedy. Perhaps he disappeared on purpose.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. About a week after Rico Harris' disappearance, the leads started to dry up. Just 13 days after he vanished, on October 23, 2014, Detective Dean Nyland announced that his department was scaling down its investigation.
1: While this might seem premature, Nyland's extensive efforts had all come up empty-handed.
0: Last time, we covered how the lead detective ordered 100-person crews to scan Cache Creek Regional Park on foot, in cars, and with all-terrain vehicles. He even deployed a California Highway Patrol airplane with a thermal imaging system on board to search for Rico.
1: And as impressive as this all was, Nyland knew his team couldn't go on searching forever. Eventually, he had to accept that Rico might not ever turn up.
0: Most missing people are found within 48 hours. After roughly a week or two, the investigation shifts from trying to find a live person to searching for a body.
1: In his eight years with the sheriff's department, Nyland knew the clock was ticking and any hope of finding Rico alive was dissipating. His experience told him that Rico had to be dead.
0: Rico's abandoned Nissan seemed to hint at whatever tragedy may have befallen him. Rico had abandoned it at Cache Creek Regional Park in a secluded rest area called the Lower Site Parking Lot. He'd parked alongside a busy highway, miles away from the nearest gas station or fast-food restaurant. And he'd arrived there in the middle of the night, exhausted and completely alone.
1: With a dead car battery and nowhere to go, Rico could have explored the area on foot. Perhaps he'd stepped into the dimly lit streets and a passing driver didn't see him until it was too late.
0: This sort of fatal accident is more common than you may think. Around 15% of interstate pedestrian fatalities occur on interstate shoulders.
1: However, it was easy to rule out this scenario in Rico's case. The driver probably would have called 911 to report the collision, and there's no report of any accident on Route 16 that night.
0: Even if Rico had died in a hit-and-run, there likely would have been signs of the crash. But police didn't find a body, tread marks, or any other indication of a vehicular
1: homicide. In fact, the fact that he vanished without a trace suggested someone could have gone to the effort of hiding the evidence.
0: Meaning, Rico may have been murdered.
1: It's hard to imagine who might have killed Rico or why, but based on the videos on his cell phone, we know Rico spent the evening dancing inside his car with the engine running for at least an hour. Maybe his music or lights attracted some unwanted attention.
0: California has a long history of serial killers roaming its interstates. And the Golden State has harbored more repeat murderers than any other. From 1900 to 2014, 128 different killers operated in its borders, each of whom was responsible for anywhere from 10 to 60 deaths.
1: If one of them happened upon Rico's car that evening, they would have had the perfect opportunity, a victim who was too inebriated to defend himself, alone in a secluded area where no one would hear him scream.
0: However, forensic experts found no fingerprints or DNA evidence to suggest the presence of a third party in or around Rico's car. So while it's possible he died at someone else's hands, the encounter would have likely happened away from the lower-site parking lot. And away could mean anywhere.
1: Now, investigators believe Rico probably stayed in his car until his battery died before leaving to seek help. They drew this conclusion because jumper cables were found in Rico's backpack that was later found discarded on the side of the road. But nobody could understand why he abandoned the bag.
0: Perhaps Rico dropped them after a struggle.
1: Or maybe he voluntarily got into a stranger's car and, in his exhaustion, simply forgot it.
0: Based on the evidence Nyland gathered, this outcome was the most credible. In fact, Rico almost certainly wasn't killed the night he went missing. One week later, a man matching his description was seen approaching the Cash Creek parking lot where Rico's car had been abandoned. For detectives, this seemed to suggest Rico had somehow managed to make it a week without a phone, food, lodging, water, or a vehicle.
1: Clearly, he couldn't have survived so long without some kind of supplies which means he probably hitchhiked to local stores to keep himself fed and hydrated. And he could have made several trips over this one-week period. If true, Rico
0: likely wasn't relying on one stranger to drive him around and keep him safe. Maybe he just happened to get into the wrong person's car one day. He could have been killed at any point after his disappearance and his body disposed of in a manner which made it difficult to recognize. For example, someone could have thrown his body in the creek near where his backpack was found.
1: Waterlogged corpses are some of the most difficult to identify. They decompose more slowly, but often take weeks to find. By the time they're located and sent through forensics, the person's identity and cause of death are nearly impossible to determine.
0: In 2017 and 2018, bodies were found floating in Cache Creek. In both instances, local authorities were able to identify the victim. But we can reasonably assume that if Rico was found, the medical examiners would be able to identify him based on his unusual size and weight.
1: During his investigation, Detective Dean Nyland seriously considered the possibility that Rico had been murdered. The problem was, there was far too little evidence to guess who the culprit might be. He reviewed local criminal records, hoping someone would stand out. But there were thousands of possible subjects, and he didn't have the time or the resources to explore them all.
0: Nyland believed he could expedite the process by narrowing his focus to the known serial killers in the area. But nobody fit the
1: profile. In part, This was because these serial killers aren't typically as active as movies and TV shows suggest. From 1900 to 2014, more than 1,500 people in California died at the hand of a serial killer. That's a lot, but those numbers boil down to about 13 victims per year. So, statistically speaking, it's still an unlikely outcome.
0: Likewise, violence against hitchhikers is also quite rare. We know this because in 1974, the California Highway Patrol conducted a study on the dangers of hitchhiking. At the time, a slew of grisly crimes were committed against travelers in northern and central California. The Zodiac Killer, Ted Bundy, and the Golden State Killer all targeted young people who dared to climb into their cars. Naturally, the public feared that hitchhiking was a particularly dangerous activity.
1: But the data didn't back up that perception. Incidents with hitchhikers amounted to less than 1% of all the crimes committed on California's highways that year.
0: Unfortunately, the CHP never performed a follow-up study, so we don't have any up-to-date data. And that could be telling. If they didn't bother to study the dangers of hitchhiking, that implies that they viewed the risks as relatively inconsequential.
1: Even if Rico was one of the rare victims of a hitchhiking-related crime, it's difficult to believe an attacker would be able to kidnap or kill him. At 6 feet, 9 inches, and 300 pounds, Rico was more than capable of defending himself, no matter how drunk or delirious he was.
0: His size also made it less likely that a murderer could have disposed of Rico's body without getting caught. If they dragged a 300-pound man through the woods, there would be marks on the ground.
1: To be clear, police found tracks, but not those of an attacker. Nyland's team found Rico's size 18 footprints all over the forest, but no one else's, which means the only person who was moving Rico around was Rico.
0: But just because there weren't any people nearby doesn't mean Rico was alone. The wilderness near Cache Creek is home to bears, coyotes, and
1: rattlesnakes. Perhaps Detective Nyland should have been looking for a different kind of predator, a wild animal.
0: Coming up, how an animal attack may have ended Rico's life.
2: Hi, it's Carter from ParCast Network, the Vatican is one of the most recognizable religious sites in the world. But it's also a powerful institution, its unique history full of secrecy. This Easter, my show Conspiracy Theories looks deep into the Church's past to uncover how it became what it is today. Starting April 5th, our new four-part miniseries. Mysteries of the Vatican dives in to examine some of the most prominent conspiracy theories surrounding this mysterious organization. From the church's sordid rise to power to prophetic visions and even assassination attempts. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories, to hear Mysteries of the Vatican. New episodes air every Monday and Wednesday free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: On October 10, 2014, former basketball star Rico Harris went missing in the Cache Creek Regional Park. It was a dangerous place to vanish. The surrounding forest was home to black
1: bears, rattlesnakes, and cougars. As I'm sure you're aware, most campers take special precautions to protect themselves from predators. For example, they'll store their food away from where they sleep so they don't attract dangerous animals. Day hikers will stick to crowded trails where they're less likely to encounter wild animals, but Rico likely didn't take either of those precautions.
0: We know he left his car at some point, presumably to look for
1: help, but
0: we don't know where he went.
1: If he was searching for someone to jump his dead battery, it's reasonable to assume he stayed near the highway, but Rico may not have been thinking clearly.
0: As we mentioned, he was probably drunk and possibly high when he initially abandoned his car. Someone who fit Rico's description was spotted several times after he went missing, including a full week later. Many of those witnesses said he looked
1: confused. Perhaps Rico managed to get more alcohol or drugs during those days he was unaccounted for. Or maybe his mind was fuzzy due to hunger or dehydration. Either way, he could have easily wandered into the woods.
0: Perhaps he didn't realize how many local animals hunted those grounds. Or maybe he incorrectly assumed he'd see or hear any potential threats before they struck.
1: But contrary to popular belief, rattlesnakes don't always make a noise before they attack. As a defense mechanism, they'll occasionally remain quiet before lashing out.
0: Of course, they don't actively hunt humans. Most rattlesnake bites occur after a person handles or somehow disturbs them. But Rico could have picked up or kicked a rattlesnake in his inebriated state. Or, given how dark the night was, he could have stepped on it while tromping through the woods.
1: All it would take was one bite, and then the clock would start ticking. Left untreated... Rico could have had as little as 6 to 48 hours before the poison killed him.
0: But even before the injury turned fatal, Rico would have been in immense pain and his limbs would have gradually gone numb. He was miles away from the nearest hospital, so the only options would have been to call for help, which we know he didn't do based on his phone records, or stagger down the highway to find someone.
1: But if he ran down the road, Rico was in big trouble. After a rattlesnake bite, it's best to stay as still as possible. An increased heart rate can make the venom spread more quickly.
0: It would have been a terrifying, agonizing end for Rico Harris. But luckily, this scenario is highly unlikely. For one, fatal rattlesnake attacks are rare. According to Mercury News, only about 300 people are bitten per year in California.
1: That number may sound like a lot, but keep in mind that nearly 40 million people live in the state. And of those 40 million people, tens of thousands, maybe a million, go camping or hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail every year and that's just one trail, which means the chances of meeting the wrong end of a rattler's fangs are far less than 1%.
0: And of those 300 people who are bitten, on average, less than one of them dies annually. In many cases, this is because the victim gets the appropriate treatment, but often that's not even necessary. 10 to 20% of rattlesnake bites aren't actually venomous. They'll strike to scare the person away, not to kill.
1: Beyond that, rattlesnakes are nowhere near as deadly as many people believe. Even if the reptile releases venom, it won't reach the bloodstream unless it's lucky enough to pierce a vein or an artery.
0: In other words, Rico had exceptionally bad luck if he died of a rattlesnake bite.
1: Unlikely doesn't mean impossible, but there's one more factor that makes this scenario even more improbable. The police never found Rico's body.
0: Remember, Detective Nyland issued an aerial search plane with thermal imaging technology in the days after the disappearance. It scanned for infrared and ultraviolet light, which Rico's body would have emitted whether he was dead or alive. And the plane didn't find anything.
1: Neither did the team searching on foot. If a rattlesnake bit Rico, his body would have been easy for the police to locate. Snakes can't carry their prey off or hide it under brush and dirt. But larger predators can.
0: Black bears often drag their prey far away from where they initially kill it. They've been known to carry their victims over fences and barriers and through thick
1: brush. Even at 300 pounds, Rico wouldn't have posed a challenge to a black bear, which can lift up to three times its own body weight. Small adults weigh about 100 pounds, and they can grow to more than a quarter of a ton.
0: If Rico did die in a bear attack, his killer could have gone to great lengths to hide his body. In a practice called caching, bears pile debris and brush over their dead prey. It's not entirely clear why they do this, but one theory is that they prefer the taste of meat that's a few days old.
1: But there's one major problem with this scenario. Black bears are even less likely to attack humans than rattlesnakes. On average, only one mauling happens per year in all of North America.
0: And black bears' behavioral patterns are unpredictable and a little contradictory. While some go to great lengths to hide their kill, others make sure their food receives direct sunlight which would have made Rico's body highly visible to the search and rescue teams.
1: Black bears also sometimes bury their meals in giant piles of debris that are easy to spot. If this was the case, Detective Nyland's search teams certainly would have spotted the makeshift grave.
0: Caching is a handy practice for bears to keep scavengers away from their meal, but it's not particularly effective against trained search teams. However, some animals are a lot savvier at avoiding human detection.
1: Take the mountain lion, otherwise known as the cougar. Like black bears, they hide and cache their food, but they're much better at it.
0: Cougars drag their victims to secluded locations or to their lair where they can eat free from interference.
1: When they're full, they'll camouflage their leftovers with leaves, sticks, and brush. These piles are unassuming, which could be why Rico Harris seemed to vanish into thin air.
0: But cougars aren't actively aggressive creatures. In any given decade, there may be a few dozen attacks on humans, but often several years will pass between fatal maulings.
1: In short, There are several wild animals that can be deadly when they're threatened. But aggression against humans is rare, and it's incredibly unlikely that one of these creatures could have hidden Rico's body from trained search and rescue teams. So we
0: can dismiss each of these possibilities and say with some certainty he didn't die in a wild animal attack.
1: Which brings us back to square one. Rico's disappearance has been so difficult to explain because of a lack of available evidence.
0: But maybe that's by design. Coming up, we'll explore whether Rico faked his death and started a new life.
2: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
1: Now, back to the story.
0: On October 10th, 2014, Rico Harris vanished. His family members, friends, and the police worked tirelessly to find him. But after a couple of days passed, Detective Dean Nyland feared the worst.
1: Then, a little over one week later on October 17th, a new witness report turned the investigation on its head. Someone spotted a man matching Rico's description at the lower site parking lot. This gave the investigation what it needed most, hope.
0: Nyland was perplexed by how Rico could have survived a week alone in the wilderness with no phone, no money, no clear source of food or water, and no vehicle.
1: Days earlier, Rico's phone, charger, and some jumper cables had been found in a backpack. At the time, this seemed to suggest foul play. If the basketball player was alive, he had no reason to abandon potentially useful items. Now that Nyland knew Rico had survived, the bag and its contents were utterly baffling, unless he wanted to disappear.
0: As we discussed last time, Rico had plenty of reasons to escape his past. Given his troubled upbringing, his failed basketball career, his struggles with drug and alcohol abuse, He may have just wanted to hit the reset button on his life.
1: This may seem like a plot line out of a soap opera, but it's not unusual for people to voluntarily disappear. This is reflected in the six classifications the FBI uses for missing persons cases. Juvenile, endangered, involuntary, disability, catastrophe victim, and other.
0: Cases that fall into the other category usually involve missing people who don't want to be found.
1: For example, a mother from Alaska named Lucy Ann Johnson disappeared in September 1961. She left her husband Marvin and two daughters behind.
0: Marvin didn't report her missing until four years later, so the police immediately suspected foul play. But with a lack of hard evidence, the case went cold. Marvin died of natural causes in the 1990s. But Lucy's
1: children never gave up searching. In 2013, her daughter Linda took out an advertisement in Yukon and included a photograph of her mother. She knew her mother had friends in the area and hoped someone might provide a lead. But she never expected what happened next.
0: A woman named Rhonda responded to the ad, saying she recognized Lucy because Lucy was her mother too.
1: Apparently, Lucy had run away from an abusive marriage with Marvin. She was too afraid to divorce him or fight for custody of her children. So she ran away to Yukon, where she eventually gave birth to Linda's half-sister, Rhonda.
0: 52 years after her disappearance, Linda found her mother alive.
1: But unlike Lucy, Rico had a supportive and tight-knit family life. he just moved in with his fiancé, Jennifer, and based on comments he'd made to his friends, he was excited to get married and have children with her someday.
0: If Rico ran away to disappear, he probably didn't want to escape his present. More likely than not, he wanted to escape his past. According to his childhood friend David Lara, Rico perpetually lived under his father's shadow. As a child, Rico reportedly suffered physical abuse at his hands.
1: By the time he reached adulthood, Rico's father wasn't an active part of his life anymore. But David implied that the psychological scars were still extremely painful. He suggested that Rico would often lash out at anyone who tried to form a fatherly relationship with him.
0: Psychologists might classify Rico's troubled youth as an adverse childhood experience, or ACE. These events cause tremendous stress and may lead to higher rates of alcoholism, drug abuse, depression, and suicide. Adults who survive ACEs are more likely to engage in risky, impulsive behavior.
1: And what's riskier than giving up everything you've ever known to become someone new?
0: In one of his last conversations with Jennifer, Rico said he needed to visit his mother's house to get, quote, closure.
1: Though it's unclear what he meant by this, it's clear the trip wasn't just a routine visit. Maybe he intended to close an entire chapter of his life, one that included his wife and family. Still,
0: it's unclear exactly how Rico could pull off such an elaborate escape plan.
1: If a runaway doesn't want to be tracked down, they can't take any money out of their bank accounts, use credit cards or a cell phone, or submit a rental application or mortgage request. They can't fly without showing their ID, accept a job without using their social security number, or get a driver's license or passport.
0: Often, these people rely on charity to get by. One runaway from Boston, a Harvard professor named Margie Prophet, lived in poverty for many years but received support from a local church community.
1: Others have loved ones who help them hide from the world. A young woman named Natasha Ryan lived with her boyfriend for five years. He kept the curtains drawn so she wouldn't be spotted. And when he had guests over, she'd quite literally climb into the kitchen cabinets to stay out of sight. And even
0: with these extreme measures, Natasha was eventually found.
1: So Rico's plan would have needed to be airtight to work. And given what we know, it doesn't seem like he planned ahead to execute any sort of plan to disappear.
0: Unless he staged the video of himself dancing and singing in his car the night he disappeared. On camera, he tore up documents and tossed them around the car, seemingly in a daze. And while
1: these actions don't appear to be premeditated, maybe Rico knew exactly what he was doing. He was destroying the evidence of his escape and making himself look mentally unstable knowing the police would eventually find this video and assume the worst.
0: Presumably, he left his old cell phone on the side of the road, knowing someone would find it. And he lucked out. Not only did a passing family discover it, they took it home with them, 70 miles away.
1: While the sheriff's department wasted valuable time searching for Rico in Redwood Valley, he disappeared for good.
0: This scenario is appealing for several reasons, but most notably, it's comforting to imagine that Rico's story ends happily, with him finding peace and happiness with a new identity.
1: But sadly, there are several inconsistencies with this explanation. The most significant being, it ignores Rico's mental state prior to his disappearance.
0: The runaway notion is largely based on testimony from Rico's friend, David Lara. David insisted that Rico was deeply troubled and prone to make brash choices. But other acquaintances and family members have refuted David's version of events. Most people who knew Rico thought he seemed happy in his final weeks.
1: Maybe Rico opened up to David in a way he hadn't with his other loved ones. But it's also possible that David exaggerated or misinterpreted something Rico said. If we want to guess at how Rico really felt, we have to look at his behavior.
0: We know he had cold feet about settling down with his fiance Jennifer in Seattle. But after a few weeks of uncertainty, he eventually unpacked, landed a job interview, and told his friends and family that he was excited to have children.
1: Plus, Rico seemed to enjoy his role as a provider and a caretaker. When he fought with Jennifer, it was usually because he was uncomfortable with the fact that she was supporting him.
0: It's hard to believe he'd ever be content relying on charity to get by. And since we know Rico didn't access his savings or find a job under his own name, it's unlikely he found some other way to support himself.
1: At the end of the day, Rico's desire to care for his loved ones defined him. Even in the darkest moments of his life, he pushed himself to be the best that he could be. According to his family, he wasn't the type to run away.
0: Which leaves us only with a set of unanswered questions. And until someone can produce a body, a living runaway, or some other clue that definitively points to his fate, Rico's friends and family can only grapple with the
1: mystery. If you know anything about Rico Harris's whereabouts, please call the Yolo County Sheriff's Department at 530 666 8282.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. For more information on Rico Harris, amongst the many sources we used, we found The Unsolved Case of Rico Harris, What Happened at Cash Creek by Cold Case Detective, extremely helpful to our research.
1: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Jay Cohen, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Hughes Ransom, with writing assistance by Angela Jorgensen and Connor Sampson, fact-checking by Cara Mackerlien, and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rosner.